Welcome to the Keep It Up Booker Podcast, where we discuss lifestyle, fitness, and motivation. I am excited today. I have a special, special guest who did me the honor of coming on. He is one of the biggest podcasters I know, and he's one of the biggest podcasters in the world currently. Um, He's also one of the up and coming biggest brands that you will get to know. Uh, I have Jacob Kelly joining the show. Say hello to the listeners, Jacob. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Thank you for tuning into this episode. Make sure if you haven't already, you subscribe to keep it uplifting. I highly recommend you guys stick around for more episodes beyond this one. Jacob is a beast already making sure that people are joining my podcast. So Jacob, uh, I talked about you being a host of a podcast, the uh, My Social Life podcast. Am I correct? You are correct. Uh, Jacob is the host of a, a, a global podcast. But before we get into your podcast, I actually want to get into your story. Um, I bring I bring people on here to tell their stories because I believe all the background information of someone is really the motivational part of the journey, right? Like I love the process. So I want to know how did you get here? Because from a little bit of research, you seem like a, a big athlete, man. So um, how'd you get into podcasting? Tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a bit of an interesting story, I guess. Like with the athlete stuff, you're probably referencing my old job, right? Like I used to work in pro sports. Is that what you're referencing? Like I used to play sports as well, but I you used to play sports, man. You've played everything. Basketball. Uh, I, I see you're a bit of a golfer. I wouldn't describe myself as a good golfer, <laughs> but I, I have golfed. Um, yeah. yeah. Like growing up, played all, all the sports, man. Like I, I was, except for hockey, really, which is interesting yeah. coming from Canada. Um, right. Hockey was the sport I always wanted to play, but my dad was never really into letting us play hockey. Um, just expensive politics reasons like my dad just never really let us let us do that like when we got older like he'd find like little like weekend things we could go and just skate at but like never let us dive headfirst into it like like we want to especially me like my little brother a little bit like myself definitely like hockey was the sport for me since i was a kid but i never yeah. got the chance to really dive into it but other than that like I did, like you said, basketball, volleyball. The, I started playing like competitively as early as I could, which was uh, 12 years old, I believe, is as early as we could play where we where I grew up in, in Manitoba. Um, so okay. yeah, vo- volleyball, basketball, uh, I ran competitively, like I track and field and cross country was like my, especially in middle school was like a big thing for me. Um, so I did a lot of that. I did badminton one year, just randomly tried out and, and did badminton. I yeah. played lacrosse for, for, I was going to say for a year, it was actually four games. And then I had such, took such a big hit that I was concussed and out for the year after one, wow. after four games, but it was fun for those four games. But yeah, a little bit of everything, man. Like I just, I love sports growing up for sure. A big part of, big part of me growing up. Yeah. So is that the reason you uh, interview so many athletes? Or I mean, how, how did, well, what I've seen, and this is the limited amount of research I could find on you, because I tried to dig up as much dirt as possible, but uh, you seem to be with sports teams. So were you a marketing person for a sports team or were you, uh, you know, physical therapist? Like what, what route <laughs> did you go? 
Yes, it's definitely marketing. So I okay. ran social media for a couple sports teams. Mm. Um, just luckily, when I graduated college, I went to my, I was supposed to take a post-grad, dropped out before I even started, went back to my program coordinator for my marketing program. And I was like, yeah, like I decided not to go back. So if you know anybody that's looking for a marketing student that's recently graduated, let me know. And it was the right. exact same day a mutual connection that a, a different contact he had reached out and was like, Hey, the sports teams here are looking for someone that's recently graduated from the marketing program to come in as like an entry level role. So it was very serendipitous that way where the same day I reached out, the sports teams reached out to my program coordinator. And we're looking for yeah. someone that I fit the profile. Um, and so I got in there. And so, yeah, I was 19 years old when I started working, I was a social media manager for a junior hockey team. So the level right below the NHL, like if you're trying to make it to the NHL here, that's the level you play. Like uh, a couple of the guys I worked with when the top 10, in the NHL draft, I think they went mm -hmm. eight, nine. Um, it was one of the guys like team Canada level, like high level hockey, high level junior hockey. So I worked with them for a couple of seasons and then it's an ownership group. So they owned multiple teams. They owned a, a hockey team, a soccer team, the football team. The football team was the biggest of the brands. It was in the CFL Canadian football league. Um, and then when I did my, after my second season with the hockey team, the guy that was running social media for the football team left and that was an open spot. And they asked me if I wanted to move over, which was kind of a lateral move. Like in terms of my title didn't change, nothing changed, but it still yeah. felt like a bit of a step up because it was a bigger brand, more followers, more everything. Right. Um, so I did that for a season. And so that's kind of the story behind me working in sports is I just through doing social media and I'm just very lucky to get it right out of college and, and just worked my way through that for a couple of years. So as a big social media person, it seems uh, it doesn't seem like you put much of an effort into growing yourself. It seems Not like you're always helping others grow their brands. And I, w I wanted to know, is that uh, was that intentional or are you starting to expand yourself now? Is that is I mean that something that's going on with you? I think a lot of that effort in terms of my own stuff went into the podcast. I think that's okay. where like like. I've, I've always felt, I think like the problem with me when I, when it came to social media, I was like, I was all in on the podcast and then like, I would try to do other things, but like, I would never commit to them fully. And so that, right. that full commitment wasn't there. Um, so I think the whole effort in terms of my personal social mainly went into, into the podcast. I mean, the podcast, I appreciate you plugging it for, for the, the, the global thing. I think like, I definitely like the top 3% is dope, but like, I don't think it's as big as people realize it is, but like, it's just, a, it's a cool number that's out there that I like to, I just put out there. It gives a show a little bit of credibility. Yeah. I mean, even the podcast probably isn't as big as most people would think it would be. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I guess like I've been a little bit of a long answer to your question, but like a lot, yeah. I think that the focus just went into, into the podcast and like the other socials kind of fell off. I did, I've started doing TikTok this month, but I don't know if I'm going to keep doing it, but I'm doing like three to five times a day on TikTok this month. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, just all the effort went into the show. Well, I, I just see, you know, you're as a person, I'm, I'm an uplifting person, right? So we want to help others, but sometimes though, along the course of helping others, we figure out, man, I should probably help myself. So do you, what do you want to be known as? Do you want to be known as a host of a podcast or do you want to be known as Jacob Kelly? I definitely want to be known as Jacob Kelly. And that's right. a big thing. And that's where like, I, like I started posting when I post podcast clips and stuff, like I have a podcast Instagram that I just post the cover art of each individual episode to now. Mm -hmm. And I just been posting everything else on my personal socials. Cause I want people to know Jacob Kelly. Right. And I don't want it to just be like the host of this show. Like I want to be Jacob Kelly. And I want to do more than just the show. I think the right. show could be a big part of it. I think I've carved out like a good cadence and I've developed as an interviewer. So it's like, I think that's going to be part of it, but I want it to be more than just that for sure. Yeah. Well, Jacob, who, would you like people to remit, to know you as like, what is your story? How did you, why did you choose podcasting 
as the your as a medium for you to connect to people. You could have been a big YouTuber. You could have, uh, you know, been a big Instagrammer and still got the messages out, did interviews that way, you know? So what, yeah. what, what made you choose podcasting? A podcasting for a couple of reasons. The one that I always tell people is that the fact that like, I was, I was posting on YouTube. I was vlogging and stuff and I wanted mm-hmm. to learn how to grow. And I was like, the best way to learn to grow is to learn from other people. So let me start this podcast so I can learn how other people grew so that can I like take that and apply it to myself. And so that was mm-hmm. the second reason was getting the chance. Just, it's a great networking tool, you know, with the podcast, like it gives people a reason to talk to me. Like I've interviewed all these different people that had I not had a podcast might not not give me the time of day. If I just reached mm-hmm. out and been like, Hey, you want to go talk for 90 minutes? Right. <laughs> they're, they're not going to have time to do that. And they're going to say no. But if I say, Hey, do you want to talk to me for 90 minutes? But I'm just going to hit record before we start talking. Everyone is all of a sudden open to, to talking with me now. And so it's a great networking tool. Um, and then once I actually sat down and started doing the podcast, one, I fell in love with it. I just loved doing the interview. I had a bit of a knack for it. Um, I was getting more people complimenting the podcast than they were my YouTube videos. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Yeah. And two, I just put so much work into the podcast early on that there wasn't time left for YouTube on the back end of that. Like, I think my first podcast, it took me like 24 hours to edit. Like it was a, I didn't really know what I was yeah. doing. And so right. I like, just pieced it all together and ended up taking up so much time that YouTube just kind of fell to the wayside. And like, I'd, I'd still do it sporadically here and there, but now like, I think I have 42 subscribers on my YouTube. I literally, every time I post my vlog, the description is a vlog about nothing. And then like a quick little, whatever the vlog, like there's no effort put into the vlog. Now it's just kind of for fun and more so for like me to be able to look back on. Like, I love watching those old vlogs. There might be seven views on it and all seven of the views are probably me, but like, I just love being able to go back and watch. What was I doing three years ago? Like right. I documented when I worked for the sports teams, I was documenting a lot. And it's yeah. so like, I have videos. Like when I was with that hockey team, they went on a, a 14 and 0 run in the playoffs. They yeah. came up just short loss in the final, but like I documented and I got to travel with the team. So I'm in the locker room with the, I'm with the guys. Like, and I have those videos on my YouTube now. So I can go back and I can watch me like in the locker room with the guys and like all this cool stuff. And so I still vlog a little bit, just more so for the memories. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so that was the original reason was to try and grow that vlog channel, but then the podcast took too much work. And so I just focused on that. Oh man, that is, well, one thing I, I really want to say is, uh, I was actually really nervous about interviewing you. I'm still nervous, actually. And it's it's because uh, you're, you know, you're a highly touted interviewer. Um, A lot of the comments are this guy does his research. uh, The questions help the conversation flow. So from uh, someone who's aspiring to one, have the voice like you have, which I'll never get that. That's a God gift. But (laughs) um, just be a great interviewer and do great podcast because your podcasts are so easy to listen to. They have to listen to the, my social life podcast. If you're listening to this, but what makes a great interviewer or what makes you a great interviewer? How about that? Yeah, we'll go with that. That's probably best. But first off, thank you for telling people to listen to the show. I appreciate that, man. Um, but with what makes my show specifically is I think it, it comes down to the research that I do. I think that's the biggest thing that allows me to differentiate myself. I spend probably like four to six hours prepping per per guest. Like I put a lot of time into the research. I try to find those, those little things that like no one expects me. Like, I think you're referencing some of those clips I post on my Instagram. Cause like that, that kept happening. I was like, man, I got to start posting these. No, I've, so I've just, read your, I've, uh, just to, not to cut you off, but I've read your, I've read your website. Uh, oh, thank you. yeah, I've, I've looked at your reviews. It, this is a common thread, man. Don't, don't undersell this. You're, you're a great interviewer, brother. Seriously. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
And, and I think, I think it all comes down to that prep work that I do because I do so much research and so much prep. Um, I've, I've shortened it a little bit. Like I used to take me longer than it, than it was. Um, I've mm-hmm. shortened it down. Um, but yeah, it's literally just like crawling through. I go at least minimum five pages deep on Google. And then I keep going beyond that until there's a page. I don't click on a link. Essentially, it's kind of like my approach to that I watch, I listen to old interviews you've done. I watched, I kind of skimmed through YouTube. I watched some of your popular videos. Maybe I'll watch a video that has a little amount of views to try and pull something that no one's asked you about because not, not as many people have watched some of your old videos with not as many views. So I just go everywhere and do everything. I try and, I try and get a good understanding of this person, like the whole story. And then yeah. from that point, I have this like pages and pages of notes that don't make sense. And so I'll sit down. I'm actually going to do this later this afternoon for an interview I have coming up next week. And I'm going to go through and I'm going to organize my just brain dump of notes into a cohesive uh, map that makes mm-hmm. sense. And I, and I try to start in the beginning and work my way through the person's whole story and kind of like pull out some of the lessons they learned along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's the process. And I think because I have this roadmap for my my podcast, it allows me to to, to conduct a better interview. And also because I've done so much research, it's like, I know that person, I know the story now. So even yeah. though I have the notes, like I know where they're going to go a lot of the time. So I can take it some places where they haven't necessarily gone. So I can kind of expand on where the, what they've said in other interviews, but they never necessarily got the time to. So I can almost like jump in the story to where they normally go and then ask a question based off of that to try and get them places they don't normally talk about. Mm. So you pretty much answered my next question was what are your research methods? <laughs> so thanks for no, but thank you for giving that blueprint. Um, when you have interviewed uh, a lot of you've interviewed a lot of social media interests, right? Like people, uh, there was an interview you did with someone who was 13 and had 100,000 followers or 100,000 YouTube subscribers. Yeah, I think that? it might have I'm trying to think of who that was. That might've been Steven Van. I think I interviewed him. Like he wasn't 13 anymore, but he, I think he had a hundred kids. Right. 13. I right, think I know who right. you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, you, but you've interviewed so many big brands as far as people, right? How, how would someone who's trying to build a brand in your eyes go about building a brand? Just, just how would they, how would they brand? What's the best way for them to brand themselves is my question. Like how would they build it? I think yes. the, the number one way to build it is it comes down to community. I think at the end of the day, because as a, as a creator, as a brand, like your brand's going to evolve over time. Right. right? And so you want to have people that are sticking in that community that are there for you. They're not necessarily just there for the content. Cause when you do start to change and as you will evolve and you will, every person does, those people are going to ride with you still. They're going to stick with you through the changes, through the evolutions, through some of maybe some of your dips and some of the hard times, right? Like you want to build a tight knit community because also a tight knit community is the best way that you can ever market yourself. Mm-hmm. If I tell someone, Hey, come listen to my podcast. Or if one of their best friends says, yo, you got to go listen to Jacob's podcast. They're going to listen to their friend. They're going to be more likely to go listen to my podcast. If their friend tells them to go listen to it than if I do. So right. if you can build a tight knit community around you and what you're building, that's just going to help you grow. That's going to help you cement your brand. I don't know if have you ever heard of the, the thousand true fans essay that was written. Yes. Yes. I've read so- that comes back to that, right? Like if you have a thousand people who are willing to pay $10 a month, a thousand people, right? Like when we think of social media stars, we think of like millions of followers, but if you have a thousand people that will pay you a hundred or sorry, $10 a month, right? that's enough for you to live full time, right? Like that's just it. Like I've talked to guys hundred percent. I've talked to guys who went full-time on YouTube with like 40,000 subscribers because they had such a tight knit group of people on Patreon that they were paying them to to go full-time. It's just, it comes down to just building a tight-knit community. And if you have a really tight-knit community, you can go full-time a lot earlier than you think you might, a lot earlier than you think you could. So 
what's the biggest thing that you've learned from this process of getting to where you are now? Because it, it seems like, you know, you, you went to uh, you went to college, what we call college here in America. Right. And, yep. you know, you you found, you figured out what your niche was and, you know, you had an opportunity. Right. Hard work got you an opportunity. And then now you're here. You're a host of a a great podcast. I, I really Thank you. don't think people understand how great it I, I, I admire people who are doing well. So thank you Appreciate again that. for coming on the podcast. But what is what have you learned along this journey to keep you going? Like, <laughs> Consistency matters. I think that's honestly what's kept me going is yeah, just but, the fact. But uh, just give me a little. Uh, so I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off, but and no. I'm probably horribly butchering this interview, but give me a little bit more than the, the uh, consistency matters. Uh, you have to overcome the pitfalls. Like what have you really learned that uh, would probably keep someone who's been doing this for a long time and they're thinking about giving up because it's just not working. Like what, what would you, what would your advice be to them? I'm going to kind of give you, first off, you're not butchering this interview in any way. This is, this is a lot of fun, man. Do not worry. This is a good time. Trust me. Um, but in terms of what I'll say is make sure you're one is make sure you try a bunch of different things out. Cause I feel like that's something that like what I'm trying to do right now, like I have my podcast as we know, but like I'm trying to do other things on the side to keep it, to keep it fresh and always be trying something. Cause I don't want to get, what if, if I fall out of love with the podcast and I've only ever done the podcast for however many years, I'm not, I'm going to have nothing. I'm honestly speaking of butchering. I feel like I'm butchering this answer. I don't know if I'm making much sense. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but what I'm trying to say is like, I've, is if you're someone who's been, let me, let me, let me, let me, re, let me restart this answer. If that's cool with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think what I'll, I'll say with that is that obviously the consistency matters, like I was saying, but I think mm-hmm. it's make sure you love what you're doing. I think that's, what's going to keep you going. Cause at the end of the day, you don't want to be doing something strictly for other people. Like, it, okay. like you don't want to be doing interviews. You don't be doing YouTube videos just because you want to see that, that view count go up. Right. 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 You want to be doing YouTube videos because you love the process right. of making YouTube videos. Right. And obviously I understand as someone who's posting what they're making out to the world, you want people to watch it. Right. And I understand that. Like, and you're going to, there's going to be moments where you're like, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? I still have those moments. And you have to, as long as you love the process and you don't have to love the entire part of the process. I think a lot of people get that twisted where it's like, I have to love every single second of what I'm doing. And like, I don't think you do. I think you have to love a large part of that process, but there's going to be things no matter what that you don't like. Like some days I don't want to sit down and I like, I don't want to research for this long. I don't want to edit my podcast, but I do, but I love interviewing people. And it's like, there, there are ways where I can like probably take some of that's like take some of the editing off my plate and things like that. But like, Make sure there's a big part of what you're doing that you love doing, regardless of what the views, regardless of what the response is. Like at the end of the day, I love sitting down across from someone and having it and doing an interview. Right. And so that keeps me going. Even if I'd have an episode that is terrible, right. I, I come back next week and I drop another interview because I love interviewing people. So I think that's the biggest thing is make sure you love as much of that process as you can, but understand that you're not always going to love every single piece all the time. There's going to be parts where you're just like, man, I need a break, man. I don't want to do this. That happens to everyone, but at least love a big part of that process. What has been your biggest challenge in the process? Like, uh, were you, well, a, bit, a better question is, was it easy always? 
right? Because we kind of fast track to you just getting this podcast that's successful and you giving your all your energy to this podcast. But what has been your biggest challenge just to get to where we are now, you know, with this top 3% global podcast? Like what has been your, your biggest challenge to overcome? Probably just the amount of work it's been. And like the podcast has never been the main source of income ever. Like even now I have, I have a, I have a job. Okay. I I have, I ran my own business for a while. That podcast wasn't like a part of the podcast was separate. Um, I have a job now. Technically the podcast is my full is part of my full-time job because it was a a client that I had that ended up sponsoring my show that I joined full-time. And now because I joined them full-time, the podcast is a part of my day-to-day because it's, they're attached to it. So now I can like, so I can do the interviews during the day when I'm working, I can like work on stuff when I'm working. Cause it's a part of the, of course, like there's other stuff I have to be doing outside of the podcast. Right. But I just think the the volume of work, especially when I was working in sports, like, I don't know how I did it because like the podcast is like a part-time job. Right. 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 It's working in sport and working in sports was like one and a half jobs. Cause it's like, (laughs) I have to be, you have to be in the office pretty much Monday to Friday, nine to five, but then there's games. I got to cover all the games and that's on the weekend. And it's not like I work a game. I don't have to go in Monday. I still got to go in Monday. And especially when I was working with a hockey team, that was 68 games before playoffs even started. That's Monday or that's usually games, something somewhere, three games between Thursday and Sunday. So I wasn't really like, there was periods I was working like 30 days in a row without a break and I'm still doing the podcast and I never missed an upload. And so I just think the hardest thing for me has just been the volume of work to to stay consistent with that high amount of research. Yeah. My interviews aren't short. They're like 90 minutes long. Yes. Yes. And I'm I'm my own editor. I edit everything. And so I edit the whole podcast. I edit all the social content. I did everything while doing my full-time job while working like so it's just been the volume of work to do the podcast as a side thing has probably been the hardest thing i've had to do for the last three plus years if you could put a number on the hours that you put into your podcast out of a work week what would that be oh just like in a a week yeah like uh yeah how many hours a week do you think you put into your podcast minimum 15 at least 15 hours right minimum how how do you manage your time I mean, it just does. It seems unfathomable. Like, I don't know how you could do this. So just uh, for someone that's aspiring to build their own side business or just, you know, take on any other challenge in life. Like, how do you manage your time and what would what would you say for them to how would they carve out that time or how do you carve out that time? So I'm very regimented with my schedule. Like I, I try to time block as best I can. I try to lay out my whole day before as the day starts, like when I'm working on everything. Um, and I think it comes down to priorities. I think everyone has the time in the day, but it's what you want to get done and you prioritize what you want to get done. If you want to get done watching two episodes of Netflix, by all means, go do that. But don't expect to be able to watch two episodes of like a, an hour long Netflix show and also have time to do a podcast and do all these things. Right. Um, I was thinking for me, like probably part of it's like there's sacrifices, of course, that are required. Like, I feel like I, I have a, I have friends and everything, but I feel like my social life hasn't necessarily been popping. I'm not at the club every Saturday night. Like I'm at home yes. working on Saturdays on Friday nights. Um, so it comes down to priorities, but like, so for example, I'll give you like a regular day. What it kind of looks like for me is I wake up at seven, usually okay. every morning, seven mm-hmm. 30. I'm working on my, I'm calling it like my sprint. Like I'm taking something outside of the podcast and work that I want to just kind of work on for that month. This month, it's been TikTok, okay. uh, October. I mean, I think it's going to be writing next month, but um, so I will 7.30 to nine o'clock is TikTok. I work on TikToks, so whether that be scripting them, um, 
editing them. If I have to record them, I usually switch some stuff around so I can record in the evening, but 7.30 to 9.00 is TikTok. Then 9 to, 9 to 11.00 is work. So just do my job. 11.00 to 12.00, I'm in the gym. 12 o'clock, I have a work call. Usually after the work call, I have a quick lunch. I'm back working from 1.00 to 5.00. Depending on what the day's looking like, maybe I'll squeeze an hour of podcast stuff in there. Or if I have an interview during the day, then that'll yeah. take priority. Then it's usually dinner between 5.00 and 6.00, clean up 6, 6.30. Now, and then I try to be back working somewhere between 6.30 and 7, do the podcast for another two hours, depending on what I got going on. Um, and then 9 to 10, maybe, depending on where I'm at with TikTok, if I got enough stuff done, catch yeah. up on all the TikTok stuff, and then chill from 9 to 10. Um, and then 10 to 11, just kind of get ready for bed, maybe read for a little bit. And that's usually my day, Monday to Friday, for the most part. Like, obviously, things change and things come up here and there. Uh, but I just kind of batch the time out, and, and I just make the time for it. That's kind of how I've done it. So. I feel like I've asked you all of my questions. I didn't want to talk about um, the podcast that much because I wanted to get to know you. I also wanted to leave room for me to bring you back. Um, if you if you would come back, of course. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Um, but a big thing that I see from you is that um, you love to have fun, man. And uh, you, you really do love that. Enjoy life. So uh, before I let you go, I just wanted to ask a question and I'm going to share my screen. So, yeah, you know, for the people who are not um, viewing this, they should. But uh, I wanted to know, <laughs> um, are we still drinking Slurpees out of uh gallons are we still drinking gallon slurpees uh we are definitely not <laughs> definitely not i'm so glad you did this no one ever like this is the kind of stuff i pull on my podcast and no one ever pulls it on me so i appreciate <laughs> that you went deep through my instagram and you found this photo yeah um i'm not i'm not i don't really like i'm not even a big pop guy anymore to okay. be completely honest like i okay. i I try to keep my, my health and stuff pretty. I'm trying to be as, as on point with that as I can be. Uh, so no, no more for no more gallon of, of Slurpee. They had like a, it was a special they had going on and it was just yeah. like, bring your own cup day. And so okay. I like ran home, my buddy texted me and I like ran home and I like, like rinsed out this, this gallon jug. And then we went to Seven Eleven and, uh, yeah, I mean, that was not a good, I'm pretty sure like I rolled in late to class with that. I had history class and I like sat down and my teacher was like, no, no. Cause like I walked, everyone's looking at me cause I got this giant four legged thing. And he was just like, nah, absolutely not. No. And I was like, what am I going to do with it? And then I, he, so I luckily I lived across the street from my school. So I just ran home. I threw it in my fridge and went and got it between classes, but it had like melted by that point. So it wasn't as good. Uh, but I still battled through at least probably two, two and a half liters. I wasn't feeling too hot. I'll tell you okay. that after, after drinking that much, that much of a, of a Slurpee, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I just figured, I just figured you uh, probably needed this for um, your late night work, but there's another photo on here and I don't have it, but uh, it's pretty, it's a pretty intimate photo of you, man. And oh, um, no. <laughs> oh is it me and me in the dress? It's you in a robe. Uh, Oh, geez. so, um, you know, is, are you, you know, are you single or, you know, I, um, I'm not, I'm okay. A, I just, <laughs> I'm in a long, I'm five years in. Five yeah. Years in, I I've mean, living you know, do, should we, uh, should we look forward to any more photos like this of you in the future? 
probably not. Okay. Like I still have this. I still have this house coat. I was so excited. I bought this. So I like the captions is $70, but I bought it for like 12. It was on sale. So I was so yeah. excited. I love a good deal. Um, and this was just like on a family trip down. So we lived in Manitoba. Um, and then the big, one of the big trips is going down to, to North Dakota, Grand Forks, Fargo. Um, yeah. cause at the time, I appreciate the time the Canadian dollar was higher. So like it was, like the, something like that, where it was like, it, there was really good shopping. So it was like the shopping trip was always to go across the border to, uh, to North Dakota. And so I would have bought that. I think it was like $12 or something. I was so excited. And so I just, just post, I was single at the time. I was definitely single at the time. That didn't help in any way. That photo definitely didn't help in any way. Uh, but I, the last time I wore that house coat was when I just ate so much food at dinner. I just felt ill. So I was like, yeah. I don't want, I'm just going to put this house coat on and just like, I like laid on my floor for a little bit. So I don't wear it as often as I used to, um, but I was just so excited to buy that when I was, when I was like, seven. I think I was 17 in that photo. I said, I said, man, this is a doozy. I said, he's came a long way. You know, long way. <laughs> came a long, long way. way. So yeah. uh, my, my last thing here is um, what. Uh, what makes a good podcast to you? You've been doing this for a hundred and some odd episodes. Um, you've interviewed the world. Uh, <laughs> I mean, from CEO to VP to YouTuber to professional athlete of, you know, some of my favorite sports teams back in the day, um, business owners, what makes a great podcast to you? Because I feel like you have a, a, a grandiose amount of experience. Thank you. So uh, did you, and like, if I was like, what makes a good podcast when I sit down and do an interview myself or when I'm listening to a podcast? Yeah. What other podcasts that you may listen to? Um, uh, I would hope that you listen to other podcasts. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I think my answer with that would be like, is a host that I, I would say, I'll say a good host, but I want to elaborate on that beyond just what a good host means. Cause I think at the end of the day, it's being a good host and doing it in a way that that plays to your own strengths, right? Like I think my strength lies in the research and the prep process. So I do that. And that allows my podcast to be, to be as, as good as it is. But my buddy has a podcast that is also very good and he doesn't do any research at right. all. That's not like, if you asked him to do six hours of research at his podcast would end tomorrow, he'd be like, absolutely not. I'm just gonna shut the show down. He's best <laughs> in the moment. And yeah, just kind of yeah. like, maybe he'll like, maybe like 20 minutes before the show, he'll like run through your Instagram or like Google your name quick, just to see what you got going on. But like, that's it. And his podcast is really good. And, but we're completely different. So I think it comes down to a host that knows their strengths and is able to play to their strengths. Okay. And so like, if you listen to this and you're like, man, I got six hours of research. I, I don't want to do six hours of research. Then don't do it. Because right. like, again, back to make sure you love the process. If that's just going to ruin the whole thing for you, don't do it. It's play to your strengths. And I think it comes down to the host knowing what their strengths are. And right. I think like, and another example I was going to give is I've interviewed um, John Lee Dumas. He said one of the biggest podcasts on the planet, it's called Entrepreneurs on Fire. And he told me that he doesn't want to know anything about his guest. He wants to be surprised the whole interview. So he'll maybe read like your paragraph about on your website and that's it. He doesn't want to know anything else. And he just likes to be surprised. And so I think it all comes down to your strengths and the interviewer. And so like, I listen to very different kinds of podcasts. You know, I listen yeah. to Tim Ferriss where it's very much like he, I know he does his prep work. He pulls quotes from old interviews and things like that. Tom Billy, another one who does a lot of prep work in his interviews, but I also listen to guys like Gary V who just right. sit down there and just, and just riff or yeah. my first million, two guys where they just kind of like, they just 
riff and yeah. they play off of yeah. each other. And sometimes yeah. there's a guest and sometimes they're not. I think I've done the podcast. I've done a podcast. I was doing what's natural to them and, and playing to their strengths. I think that's what makes a good podcast. Not trying to be like anyone else, just being yourself and being authentically you. Okay. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. I hope that we can have you back again. What is the name of your podcast for people who may have not caught the 85 plugs that we put in here and where can they find you as well? Is there a website and all of that will be in, in the description, but for our listeners who may not look at the information provided, <laughs> could, you, 100%. could you let them know? Yeah. So the show name is my social life. You find mm-hmm. it on, on, on YouTube. You can find us on wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the website is my social life that's the podcast website um on my website i haven't updated the podcast thing in a while so i've been sending people to just the the my social life podcast.com if you like to follow me everywhere on social media at the jacob kelly feel free to come and say hello my dms are always open so anyone can slide in we'll chat uh, but before you do any of that i said this at the beginning i'm gonna say it again now make sure you subscribe to keep it uplifting before you even go look at my stuff subscribe to this podcast you're listening to right now maybe throw them a quick five-star review write a little five-star rating sorry leave a little review it really helps people out and i think this was an awesome podcast so if you could do that for me before even checking on my stuff make sure you support keep it uplifting thank you again for joining the podcast jacob i really really appreciate it and i would love to have you back and as always keep it uplifting Appreciate you, man. I'll be back in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. (laughs) Make sure to like, comment, share, and most importantly, keep it uplifting. Take it up, listen.